hey, John, let's have a coming-of-age superhero tale, and at the end of it, we can animate our credits and put a Ramon song over it. Let's do it. Today's episode, Spider-Man Homecoming versus Shazam. to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. Shazam! Shazam! (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. I'm Shady, the deliriously powerful being, and with me is the child that I'm recruiting to join my army and do my bidding for me, John. Oh my god. <laughs> aren't, aren't both of these movies just about a powerful man recruiting a teenager to join his child army? Did we do it again? Did we like do the episode in, in the first five <laughs> seconds? Bye, guys! Bye. <laughs> End credits! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be honest. I was the one who um, requested this episode or suggested this episode, I should say. Um, and after you just boiled it down with that, I'm now just like, why? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I am like, I, I don't really remember why I chose these two, except that I just really want to talk about Shazam. And then I was like, rewatching them, I was like, oh, right, the end credits are like the exact same exact thing. thing. Yes. <laughs> I got that. I, I think I wrote that down too. Yeah. That, that's where I started from. So we started at the end. <laughs> and worked our way backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to just get into it? Uh, let's, break it let's break down these movies. So we start with Spider-Man Homecoming, 2017. Uh, with the screenplay by Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, John Watts, Christopher Ford, Chris McKenna, and Eric Summers, Jesus Christ, story by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, based on the Marvel comic book by Stan Lee, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh, Captain America, created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. It was all on IMDb, baby. I'm so sorry. I think it's so funny that we have to credit the creators of Captain America, but like not some of the writers who wrote a lot of what was the inspiration for this particular movie. Like no mention of Brian Michael Bendis. Or even the the creator of Iron Man. Stanley. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> no, it's again, going back to comic book movies and how they choose who to credit which we've talked about before, but it's weird to me. You have to credit Stanley because he created uh, Spider-Man, but this version of Spider-Man is so clearly based off of the Brian Michael Bendis version. Mm, yeah. So it's just weird to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, thanks Cap for making a special guest appearance on this episode. Directed by John Watts. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 92 fresh. Uh, Metacritic, 73 out of 100. And that is out of 51 reviews. I think this is like one of the more review, most reviews we've had uh, in, for a movie. Yeah. You ready for this breakdown? 45 were positive and six were mixed. 
zero negative. Mm. And then the IMDb summary is Peter Parker balances his life as an ordinary high school student in Queens with his superhero alter ego Spider-Man and finds himself on the trail of a new menace prowling the skies of New York City. Okay. Sure. But they're not uh, only in New York. Boom. I went there. We might talk about that later. We might talk Um, about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then Shazam 2019 Screenplay by Henry Gaiden, story by Henry Gaiden and Darren Lemke. Uh, Shazam created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck, directed by David F. Sandberg, Rotten Tomatoes score of 90 fresh, uh, 90% fresh, rather. Whatever. Uh, Metacritic (laughs) score of 71 out of 100. Okay, and I may have overspoken. This one has 53 reviews. Ooh. 43 were positive, eight were mixed, unfortunately two were negative. Obviously they're in the pocket of Big Marvel. (laughs) 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 Which, which, by the way, is not a thing. Please stop saying that critics are paid off by other studios to give negative reviews. That's not a thing. No, that's just the Academy. (laughs) That's the HFPA. What? Did we say something? Anyway, IMDb summary. A newly fostered young boy in search of his mother instead finds unexpected superpowers and soon gains a powerful enemy. I'm going to have some words with that IMDb. (laughs) Okay, first of all, he's not newly fostered. He's been in the system for at least a decade. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean new to that home, though. To the Vasquez's home. Okay, then, then... Get rid of the word newly. Just say yeah. a fostered young boy. Or a boy in the foster care system. Like, yeah, that's all. Change your wording around a little bit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so you basically summed everything up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're also like the same because superhero movies are all kind of the same. Well, okay. Here's, here's something else that's really interesting. They're both 15-year-old and orphans. No one mentions about Peter Parker's parents. Right, well... Ever. Yeah. They also... <laughs> do they mention Uncle Ben at all in this Not one? in this one. No. They, they do. I know. But, like, I, with, with any iteration of Spider-Man, they don't mention his parents. And yeah. I'm a little concerned about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he was... In the comics, he was raised from such a young age by Uncle Ben and Aunt May that, like, they are his parents. And, like, he doesn't have the angst that, say, Bruce Wayne has because Bruce Wayne witnessed his parents' murder and he was, you know, old enough to, like, have that really make an impact on him. Right. Um, And Peter Parker still grew up in, like, a really good family unit. It was just a little different. And... Poor Billy Baskins. Am I saying his name right? Batson. Batson, that too. Him too. Poor Billy Batson. First of all, when his mom, tell in the movie, when his mom told him the reason why she left him, I was just like, my heart broke. And I've seen this movie before. Right. Rewatching it, I was just like, oh, fuck you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So... That was like, the I was really enjoying, I went to see this movie when it first came out in theaters with 
you know, fairly low expectations. I was like, oh, you know, it looks fun, but it's not going to be great. And then that scene happened. I was like, God damn, this is the best superhero movie I've seen since Spider-Man 2. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting with these two movies, too, that there's a prologue that happens Mm -hmm. that sets up the villain's story. Yeah. And then a time jump to our hero. Right. Everything. Um, but also the endings of these movies. So you mentioned in the, be- in the beginning about the animated yeah. credits. With Even the, the mid-credit scene and the final credit scene were basically the same. Yeah. No, they, they hit the same beats. Where the mid-credit, it, there, it takes place in a prison. And potentially sets up a sequel. And potentially a team up between our main villain from this movie and maybe another villain. Right. Because what the hell is that caterpillar up to? (laughs) John? Centipede? Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Okay. His his name is Mr. Mind. And I'm not going to pretend for a second like I know shit about him. I didn't do it. I didn't do the the <laughs> Wikipedia deep dive yet on that one. Yeah, but no, I was I feel, intrigued. <laughs> I I have like a pretty solid knowledge base for most superhero characters, at least in the Marvel and DC comic universes. I know like next to nothing about Shazam slash Captain Marvel, whatever we want to call him. Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> uh, but like that, and that was great because this was them exploring something different. This was their, would you say this was their Guardians? Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I, I would say it's like a very similar type of thing. Um, Where like they're exploring a property that not the masses know of. Right, but here's the thing, because I did do research on Shazam. Um, and it turns out, ask your grandparents, dear listener, if they know anything about Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel comic books, because back in like the 30s, Captain Marvel, who is now known as Shazam because of a bunch of fuckery between different comic uh, corporations, um, he was the number one best-selling superhero comic book, like monthly for like a decade. He outsold Superman regularly. And then... (laughs) Wow. Because of a bunch of corporate fuckery, kind of fell off the face of the planet and didn't resurface again until the 70s when he could no longer use the name Captain Marvel. Wow. Like, to the point, John, where Freddie Freeman, his sidekick, who is Captain Marvel Jr. in the original comic books, was Elvis Presley's favorite fictional character, and Elvis Presley modeled his iconic look with the glittery white cape after captain marvel jr i'm done like we're we're done we're right? we did the episode in five <laughs> minutes like what the fuck God, i was amazed to find all this out like there's this whole sordid history with this character who was not originally a dc character he belonged to a company called Fawcett comics but yeah, yeah. Um, because that character did so much better than Superman, DC was constantly trying to sue them for copying Superman, but there were, like, just enough things that were different about the character that they didn't really have a leg to stand on, 
but they kept coming with all these lawsuits that like they like DC eventually wore Fawcett down to where they had no money left and they had to fold DC bought them out took over the character but while this is all happening Marvel's over here being like oh we do we do superhero comics now and with Captain Marvel not being published at this moment we could totally go in with our own superhero called Captain Marvel copyright the name trademark it and DC can't use it anymore so that's what they did <laughs> in the 70s and then for a while DC was just like fuck I guess we have to like try to sell this comic under a different name than what the hero is called. So then they went, Shazam! And Shazam! they did. <laughs> so it was like, it, was that part of the reason why they kept giving him different names throughout yeah. this movie? Because yeah. it was part of the in-joke? Yep. And like, he can't say his own name without transforming. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And it's also, you know, notable that this movie was released. I think it was announced before, but officially released after the MCU Captain Marvel movie. It was, I think it was the same year. It, it was like a, a month later. Like Shazam came out between Captain Marvel and Endgame. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. But... <laughs> Um, so, so there's my special features for this episode. Oh my god, Shady, <laughs> you just like dominated. Yeah. That uh I need no, like no. a minute to I, come back to the <laughs> I needed to get all of that out there because I could not believe that this character who is so obscure isn't <laughs> really wasn't. He was so popular for the longest time. Well, not the longest time, like a decade. That's a pretty long time in comic book years. It really is. Um, and then, like, it turns out I might be able to call up my grandma and ask her all these questions about different superheroes, and she'd be like, Courtney, I really don't know what you're talking about. And then I can be like, Captain Marvel, and she'd be like, oh, I remember him. He's the boy who could turn into a man. <laughs> um, how do we... How- how do we segue back into into comparing these? How do we segue back? So we're stopping back because you were saying that this was like their Guardians of the Galaxy, and I do agree, except for that one random fringe demo that might remember him from pre World War Two. That's oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Well, okay, so you were ta- here's how we're here's how I'm gonna circle back. I'm gonna circle back. I'm gonna circle back with a comparison that. Both movies have other characters from their respective comic universes make special guest appearances. Yes. So, like, Superman makes an (laughs) appearance. That, oh my God, that joke makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) There's so many layers to why it was Superman of all people. Which I knew it was supposed to be Henry Cavill, but yeah, they couldn't because yeah. he was he was filming Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, and I don't think they had mustache. The, they didn't have the budget to CGA the mustache. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is dumb because he should have been wearing. He could have like shaved it for the reshoots and worn a uh, a piece. Where's <laughs> Susie? We need her back to talk about fake mustaches. Anyway, I agree. Um, also, like, it might be, like, kind of fortuitous because they're kind of rebooting S- Superman anyway and they're going to recast him. 
this is gonna this is uh superheroes they well, never they never die they never die they never die they're also like about to introduce like three simultaneous batmans who are different batmans i'm so excited and not at the same time um did you actually notice that these two movies have like a similar runtime i did it's like a few minutes off but there's like two ten ish minutes two hours ten minutes I did notice that, but it was also kind of weird because I feel like the movies are paced very differently. Right, because, like, Spider-Man felt like there were two movies smashed together into one. I agree. And Shazam just moves, but it's long. But, like, not really. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It, 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 it builds on itself in a way that makes sense. Like, this doesn't yeah. feel like they're stretching anything out. And not that Spider-Man feels like it's stretched out. It's just like, okay, we're doing another big action set piece. Okay, we're doing another big action set piece. Okay, we're doing it. And now we're going to the prom. <laughs> no, sorry, we're going to Homecoming now. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> uh, not Far From Home or Can't Come Home. Wait, what's the next one? Yeah, that's no the next homo. one. Can't... No Homo? <laughs> Spider-Man, No Homo. <laughs> oh my God, Shady. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> I can't claim um, credit for that. I think a lot of people made that joke. That's true, they did. Oh, so <laughs> I, ha- I, did- I had trouble trying to like word this cr- properly, so maybe you can help me English it. Um, the hero of both movies causes a form of pl- public transportation to be in peril and tries to fix it. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, and it was so weird too because. Uh, the the fairy scene in Homecoming is Spider-Man's like, this is how strong I am moment, because apparently you have to do that in all Marvel movies these days, um, for the well, most they, part. They have the previs for it. You just put a new mask over it. <laughs> or if you're Captain America, not a mask. Shazam! <laughs> Shazam. And, speaking, and speaking of, his scene wasn't so much, look how strong I am. It was, oops, I have to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I am strong, but like, let's make a, let's add a little humor and not, not necessarily the same as like what's in the Marvel universe. Right. I felt like. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, part of why I liked Shazam so much was that it did come out at a time when all of the other superhero movies were sort of moving into this thing where they're like, okay, we're setting up our big expanded universe. So we kind of have to have some form of stasis, which means we can't, we have to have like well-defined characters, but we can't develop them too much because then they're changing too much between movies. And that's going to, you know, be a problem for us when we want to use them and their current flaws in a future film. Um, So like the message of a lot of superhero movies these days is just kind of like, this person has always been awesome. They just have to prove it to the rest of the world. Whereas Shazam was like, no, we're going to have like the actual full character arc where this character is not worthy of his powers just yet. And he actually has to Mm. learn how to step up and accept that responsibility um, with great power, John. Don't say it. Don't you dare say it. Don't you dare. I'm just just going to look at you. <laughs> Don't you dare, my fair lady. Yeah. 
Well, doesn't Spider-Man kind of do that in this movie? In this movie? Uh, they make it a thing in the third act, but it's not really there until the third act. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he has to realize what it means to... He has to figure out what the definition of being a hero really is in this movie. I don't know, like, they, that, that becomes the thing in the third act, but that's not where he is in the beginning of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, it's, I'm ready to be an Avenger. I'm an Avenger. I, I, I want to join the team. Right. So, like, it's not something they really even introduce until right after the fairy scene and Tony takes the suit away. Yeah, because, like, even in Washington, he was trying to also be an Avenger and then shifted when he realized that, again, he cost something bad to happen yeah yeah no the 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 theme of the movie up until the third act is like don't go too fast you're going too fast and then suddenly in the third act it's like no go 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 (laughs) no no you were right sorry 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 (laughs) we fucked up we fucked up go 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 the cover is is blown like the people find out who they are yeah. Oh, yeah. They're both like fucking terrible at keeping their identity secret. <laughs> I think Billy is worse than uh, Peter because uh, Billy doesn't isn't a comic book person, so like he has to rely on Freddie uh, to help him. Okay. Okay. I see what you mean now. Peter. Peter still like he just was trying on that suit with his door wide open so Aunt May could walk in. Yeah, and then with uh, Ned, um, he didn't see Ned there, which I don't understand how you couldn't see your friend on your bed. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) No homo. Uh, No homo. (laughs) um, But what was I going to... Oh, but I I liked, though, that uh, a, a good difference between these two is that um homecoming is not an origin story we've done we've already had two movies already that were origin stories i'm gonna do my hot take here and say it actually is still an origin story it's just different than the one we usually get because he still spent so much of that movie learning how to use this new suit it's true functionally the same thing as a superhero learning how to use their powers for the first time but like we don't see the bite or un- or Uncle Ben dying. Yeah, which is a bad thing in a Spider-Man movie. Just gonna put that out there too. Uncle Ben is too important to the mythos of Spider-Man. You can't completely write him out. <laughs> they don't even mention him in this movie. <laughs> they gloss around it. Yeah. They they're just like Aunt May had a bad had a bad experience. The end. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. I get why they didn't want to redo the whole storyline over again. I get and I respect that. But you gotta mention the man. No, because then Happy has to flirt with her in the sequel. Like, come on. Everybody flirts with her in this one. It's Marissa fucking Tomei. You'd flirt with her. I'd flirt with her. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, so I know what you mean by, like, they don't tell the origin of the spider powers, but you still get the origin of the suit and him learning how to use it. 
and you still I, set up all these new character dynamics the way that you would in, in a traditional origin story. I wrote down establishing story for Spider-Man. Is that, would you say that that's a diff, enough of a different term than origin story? Sure. Because like we were, we, got, we were introduced to this Spider-Man in a different movie and now this is his solo movie that's like establishing him in the MCU uh, universe and all, like Avengers and all that. Shazam, mm-hmm. obviously this is an origin story. I didn't realize that Shazam was dealt with Greek mythology and I loved every second of it. <laughs> it's like- And I, the seven deadly sins, like. Yeah. <laughs> but also King Solomon, who is, not from Greek mythology. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> and also they, they use Her- Her- Hercules instead of Heracles, which Hercules is his Roman name. Heracles is his Greek name. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but it also makes sense of the DCEU because Themyscira is real. Wonder Woman mm. is the daughter of Zeus in this version of it. You Atl- had- Atlantis is real. You had Ares. Yeah, so like that pantheon is established already. And you know, once we get to uh, Black Adam, we might establish a different pantheon of gods. Ooh, I'm excited. I love comic book movies. <laughs> you know, it's, in- it's interesting. We, we've done other action movies, mm-hmm. which you mentioned that you lose your, you, you personally lose interest in. Mm-hmm. What's different about the comic book movies though that holds your interest than like Olympus Has Fallen granted we did watch that at a, at a bad time <laughs> oh, oh we did um, comic book movies usually put more into well good ones put more into character okay I can see that and instead like, of just like war, war hero movie where he's superhuman like but like still a human. Yeah, and like there there are certain superheroes that like I don't like because I think they're just kind of boring personalities. Um and and I do, you know, I really especially like Shazam goes so hard, leans so hard into this sort of golden age of comic books mythology, but like adding this modern sensibility to it. And it's really fun to sort of see something that's like that big and cheesy and earnest because you don't see that in something like Olympus Has Fallen. It's not, they don't want to be too cheesy. They want it to have like some amount of grit and realism to it, which is fine. Grit and realism is all good. But like, sometimes I just want to feel like the character is about to like turn to the camera and say, be sure to drink your milk, kids. Could you imagine Aquaman doing that? <laughs> Have your Wheaties now, fish! Attack! <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I mean, there's a lot of negative things I can say about comic book characters and superhero movies and things like that. They're really not perfect. Uh, there's a lot of inherent faults to the genre. Um, but... I don't know, man. I grew up watching the X-Men animated series. Yeah, I grew up true. watching the Richard Donner Superman movies. Like, there's so, so much a connection to childhood with these. Uh, 
side note, I can totally see Jason Momoa in an aqua in an Aquaman in his Aquaman getup saying, "Drink your milk, kids," or whatever. <laughs> Stay in school, and then and then fighting bad guys. I could yeah. totally see him doing that. He would do that. He would. I mean, that movie. <laughs> If we want to talk about Aquaman real quick, he basically breaks the fourth wall to be like, save the environment. <laughs> oh my God, I love, I love superhero movies. They're so wild. <laughs> Especially now these days that they're not like trying to ground them in realism. I mean, even that stuff, like, like I do like The Dark Knight. Well, there, there's gems that come across but then you you know there are other ones that like the marvel movies they i don't know there was something weird like they try to keep them very grounded in reality even while introducing aliens and thor and all that and then all of a sudden i get i guess it's when guardians of the galaxy came out but then solidified with thor ragnarok when they were just like Comic books are weird, guys. We're gonna we're gonna explore the weird now. <laughs> John, if you read comic books, you would know that those two barely scratch the surface of how weird they can get. I, like, I, if you know comic books, those movies are not weird whatsoever. But like, there's there they were introducing the what I call the weirdness to the masses because they still have to sell products and all that and put butts in seats, but they're not like saying Captain America is in a war, like in a, in a, a real war. He's now fighting blue people. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and they won't do, I don't think they'll ever actually do some of the weirdest stuff in the movies. They already like completely toned down Thanos to a degree that like I hate him in the movies because his goal <laughs> in the comics is that he's in love with the personification of death. So that's why he wants to kill half the universe is to impress death and hope that she bones him. What? uh Uh-huh. So death is a sexy lady in the Marvel universe and Thanos is in love with her. So he he wants to get the infinity stones and kill half the universe. So that death is like, wow, that's sexy. And that's so much better than it's so much better than what they did in the movies, which oh is God. like, I don't know, some weird, stupid stuff I don't like. Oh my God, Shady, we're going on so many tangents, and I love it. I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> or you can keep it. I don't care. <laughs> Let's bring it back a little bit. Okay. Because death is sexy, but. <laughs> She does. A lot of artists draw her with boobs, but she's also a skeleton, so it doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm confused now. <laughs> I need to go lie down. Um. Uh. Whoo. Let's talk villains for a second, shall okay. we? They have a very different, very different ideology when it comes to their backstory and what they're doing yeah like uh vulture quote unquote which i don't think he ever calls himself that in the movie no one calls him that in the movie no he's he's a vulture because he picks off the remains of all these battle scenes but 
that well that's his name in the comics yeah um adrian tombs adrian tomb tombs is really out for the money and the technology because tony stark like screwed him out of a job because if you notice unlike thad in shazam um (laughs) tombs doesn't really kill people unless he has to that is out to kill will kill anyone just yeah. willy-nilly boardroom scene for example in shazam where he's just like oh hey seven deadly sins kill all these people and yeah. let me kick my dad out a window out a window they bite the one guy's head off like he's a fucking carrot he's <laughs> like a chunk <laughs> this movie's not for children <laughs> this movie is for children children need to learn to toughen up Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're both set in cities, but like obviously you got Quinns, Queens. Quins. I like to say Quinns sometimes. Queens <laughs> and DC for Spider Man and yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Hey, I'm from Philly. near there. Yeah, let's go get a Philly cheesesteak. Not from Geno's. No. Geno's. I don't know Geno's. Gino's is the one that the cop has in the beginning that Billy steals from him. It's uh, Gino's Steaks um, bag. Are they bad? Bar. Yeah, they, that's like tourist shit. <laughs> if you're getting a Philly cheesesteak, don't go to Pat's or Gino's. They're like the two famous ones, but like they're not that good and they're like expensive and they've always got a big line. Like go to South Street, go to Jim's. Ishka Bibble is all right. Their rolls aren't as good, but their steak's pretty good. Um, yeah, Jim's though. That's like the one you got to go to. They always have a long line too, but they're worth it. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> that was like the one thing where I'm like, ma'am. Well, there are a lot done of something different. Yeah, where I was like, I get it's funny that they used a local reference, but like Geno mm-hmm. steaks, like nobody from Philly eats Geno's. Yeah, because I don't, I'm from New York, though I don't know Queens that well, because Queens is fucking massive but i'm pretty sure that school doesn't exist (laughs) and like you get the lifestyle of new york city with the del with the deli yeah where like people go to their their local deli and it's their deli i have a local deli it's not really local but it's like the deli i go to a lot yeah and they they know me they know you there because you go there all the time and sometimes there is a deli cat (laughs) Um, is there really anything? I mean, we've been all over the place with this yeah. one. Well, we haven't talked about Ned and Freddie yet. Yes. Where they're... Mm, would, you, would you say that Freddie is also the man in the chair? I think it functions differently because Shazam is doing stuff that's like like, he's trying to figure out all of the physical stuff that he can do. And, like, Peter already knows all the physical stuff he can do. He just needs somebody who can, like, be the, man, the guy in the chair for him. Right. The guy in the chair. <laughs> um, Shady, Shady's my guy in the chair. Let's be real aw. here. She guides me through these. Oh, John, that's the nicest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said to me. You're my guy in the chair. Woman in the chair? Gal in the chair? What do you want to be called? You could call me a guy. I don't care. You're my guy in the chair. You guide, you, you guide me through these. 
than you think. But Shazam! (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I think, um, so they both function as, like, hero support, quote-unquote, if you want to say, in different ways. But also, like, the fact that they are, for a large part of the movie, the only person who knows the hero's secret identity who like actually can be there and work with them the whole time. Obviously Tony Stark and Happy Hogan know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then eventually the other foster kids find out about Billy. Right. But um, Freddy is different than Ned in a way. Okay. Because he's also jealous. Ned has never showed an ounce of jealousy. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I interrupt you. What were you going to say? I was going to say, oh, yeah, and Darla knows, too. But, like, they get her to keep it secret. Oh, right. Yeah. Darla's the best. I love that she turns into Megan Good. (laughs) Right? First, yeah, that. But also, Freddie turning into Adam Brody. And, like, I'm sorry. That casting between Jack Dylan Grazer and Adam Brody as the same person, why didn't they get Adam Brody for It Chapter 2? Like, I, oh my I God, lo- yeah. Like, I loved, I, I loved the guy who actually played the older Eddie in It Chapter Two. I thought he gave the best, perform- my favorite performance in that movie. But like, Jack Dylan Grazer and Adam Brody are like identical, <laughs> and they have such similar mannerisms. I and f- now I'm just wondering why don't they cast them as like father and son or older, younger version of the same character in everything. I forgot that he was in It Chapter 2. Yeah, he plays Eddie. In this, he plays Freddy. (sighs) He was a little annoying in this, I'm not gonna lie. Because I have a thing with child, with, I do have, it's it's a personal bias. I do have a thing with child actors. When they when he was being a little much for me, which is part of the character. So like, I don't know if that was smart or if that was just my bias coming out with child actors. Mm. I'm gonna, you know what? I liked him in It. I'm gonna say he was a good actor in this playing a a hyperactive character properly. Okay. And it was that hyperactiveness that I was just like a little turned off from. I, I, I see you, I understand you, and I validate you, but you're wrong. But I'm wrong? No, I'm just kidding. I just disagree. I love Freddy. Um, I also found him extremely relatable, and I thought he was an excellent like character stand-in for somebody who would love to be a superhero and like can only live vicariously through these movies. That's him living vicariously through his friend. But now he's a superhero, technically. Yeah. But he's, also, he's Ross. Captain Marvel Jr. Like, I don't want to knock, you know, Michelle Borth, Ross Butler, and DJ Cortona. Cortona, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Who's, who is the hotter of the superhero foster kids, I'm going to say? He's got the beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they kind of got shafted a bit. Um, Also, I think it's weird, well, not weird, but interesting that they did cast Michelle Borth as the younger version of Grace Fulton, because Grace Fulton was already, like, 20 when they shot it. The older version. Yeah. 
Yeah, Grace Fulton is the younger version. Yes. She was already an adult. She was, you know, the same age as the cast members of Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) (laughs) Who were playing (laughs) 15-year-olds. Which, like, I remember seeing Spider-Man Homecoming and being like, yeah, no, all these actors really pass for high schoolers. And then watching it back-to-back with this, I'm like, wow, those Spider-Man actors really look too old. Tom Holland looks like he's a college age in that movie. Not necessarily, like... Yeah, no, uh, they all look 1920 to me. They don't look right. 15 to me. They're, they're not like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Which I, we will I, never not reference that movie. Yeah, I think Zendaya looks the youngest. Well, obviously, like, Angry Rice, who was actually 15, um, like, looks the most convincing. But of the older actors playing teenagers, Zendaya was the most convincing because she was so made down. Right, and she had that, like, that blasé look about her that student, that people have these days anyway. Um, <laughs> side note, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is the name of the sequel, and it's coming out in two years. What? <laughs> I have to fucking wait two years for a sequel? Uh, I, like, I feel so, I mean, I feel bad for all of the movies that, like, had to halt production because of the pandemic, but, like, especially that one, because they got a tight window on being able to use those kid actors as children. Yeah. Like, Faith Herman is adorable. She's going to grow up, and she's not going to be that adorable forever. No, she's still going to have that adorable face. I mean, she's still going to be cute, but she can't be, like, the cute seven-year-old. The cute six-year-old, yeah. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. Um, Crap. We've gone way off topic a lot. (laughs) You just want to do special features at this point? (laughs) Wait, can we do stuff that's, like... I wanted to mention this because it's a general trend in the MCU and the DCEU that really separates them. Okay. So the MCU is all about heroes with daddy issues. And in here we can say that Tony Stark stands in as Peter's daddy and Uh they've got issues. The DCEU is all about the mommy issues. (gasps) Save Save Martha. Martha. You got Save Martha, you've got Hippolyta and Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman can't see her anymore. You've got Nicole Kidman. I forget what she did in Aquaman, but it was, like, very emotional. I remember that. He was hidden away? He had yeah. a fighter? He, I, didn't he think she was dead? Yes. And, and then it turned out she was, like, in hiding the whole time. And then it turned out she was Nicole Kidman, yes. Right, yeah. And then... um joker is like just all mommy issues uh, um this then, is gonna come out after the the Zack snyder movie but can i just say i'm so excited to see the snyder cut <laughs> i'm stupidly excited i don't I know why <laughs> i think because like it feels like so much less of an investment to like just be able to watch it on hbo max right like, I think if it was like, oh, you have to go to the theater and pay for it, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to do that. Granted, it would be the same price as seeing uh, a two-hour-long movie. That's true. But then you are obviously racking in the other costs and everything that you have to put into it. Plus, we're right. still in a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> we're in Even a pandemic. when this episode comes out, we're going to be in a goddamn <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> But anyway, mommy issues. 
mommy oh yeah boy does billy have some mommy issues oh yes yes he does and then when she explains everything he fucking does have mommy issues he has all of his powers at that point except the wisdom of solomon and the courage of achilles i had to remember who it was and the speed of of hermes well, it's, they, they use Mercury because it spells out Shazam. Solomon, Hercules, Apollo, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. What? What? That's what Shazam comes from. (laughs) Shady, I'm going to have to lie down after this. (laughs) (laughs) You're blowing my freaking mind. And we haven't gotten to special features yet. They do say it really, really fast. Because it's just the wizard Shazam that says it. And he says it so fast that like it's hard to pick up on. But that's where he gets the name Shazam from. Main, I I registered all that. Uh huh. I didn't register the f- initials. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting uh oh uh, uh, I need a fainting couch right now. Oh. Uh. <laughs> wow john we sure we sure covered a lot of ground there we sure shit did <laughs> fucking hey <A. laughs> my mind ex- let's explode my mind even more now scratch that take two because <laughs> i don't know what you're actually going to include <laughs> we check sure out, did <laughs> check out our instagram for things that were cut We'll plug it later. (laughs) Special feature. So if you're new to the podcast or you need a refresher, every episode we do special features. We each take a movie. We do a little further research on our respective movie. We try to find trivia and fun facts. And we try to surprise each other and blow each other's minds. And hopefully you, the audience, as well. Or Shady blows my mind midway through the episode. (laughs) Yeah. All right, John, you had Spider-Man Homecoming, which did come out first. So it did, yes. Do you wanna do you wanna take over? Um, so you know that famous poster of spy of this movie with Spider-Man in the jacket hanging out? Yeah. That was not planned. That was literally Tom Holland taking a nap in between takes and somebody just snapped a picture. That's- and they were like, that's what we're doing. That's literally my favorite MCU poster because it's like the most visually striking to me. But like wow. that, they there was no pl- there was a, a set photographer that I guess just took the picture 
on the day. Uh, so, okay, this is, I, I, like I say every, every episode, I pull, I call, I pull a lot of my trivia from IMDB and I'm going to read this one as it's written. Um, so please note, I don't sound this pretentious on the daily. It's been observed that in previous Sony Pictures incarnations of Spider-Man had little of the character's thought soliloquies from the comics, which robbed him of his introspective nature because it was considered difficult to convincingly convey that kind of speech in the film media. The Karen digital assistant character in Spider-Man's first suit from Tony Stark solves that problem by giving Peter someone to talk to while in costume. Furthermore, the costume's adjustable eyepieces help give the Spider-Man's full face mask a degree of expressiveness to avoid the need to have him continually unmask for important scenes, thus reestablishing the character's visual universality. Again, I don't sound that pretentious. And it's just so funny we were talking about Karen before. Yeah. I, I... I, I didn't plan that, but I maybe I did. <laughs> John, you're so sexy. You're just making the segues happen naturally. Well, here's not a sexy segue because <laughs> Donald Glover voiced Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man series. And his character in the movie is the uncle to Miles in the comics. Yeah. Oh, I hope, oh, I hope they bring Miles into the MCU. But also, like, Spider-Verse is its own amazing thing, and, like, Miles is great. Sorry. Who knows? In this upcoming movie, out, out around December, come on, guys, it's going to be out on Christmas. Um, so, Michelle, played by the fabulous Zendaya. Am I saying her name right? Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? Zendaya is Nietzsche. It's Zendaya. Okay, Zendaya. Um, Michelle's literary tastes contain subtle allusions to either the plot or spiders. Uh, she's first seen reading of Human Bondage by W. Somerset Mugham. Not even gonna, I'm not take, doing a second tape. That's how it is. Uh, in the novel, the, the protagonist is an orphan living with his aunt and uncle. Later, she's reading Invitation uh, to a Beheading by Vladimir fucking A. You do the intro and I still have all the hard names. <laughs> Vladimir Nab Nabokov? Sure. Yeah, Nabokov. Uh, in that novel, a condemned man awaits his execution accompanied only by a spider in his cell. And uh, finally, during the Washington Monument scene, she's wearing a Sylvia Plath t-shirt. Plath wrote a poem called Spider and used spiders as images in other poems. So pay attention to all the, you gotta pay attention to all these Easter eggs. She really does know that Peter's Spider-Man. She totally knew. Yeah. And then finally I have, even before Disney and Marvel Studios had worked with Sony to bring Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a popular fan theory about Iron Man 2 was that Peter Parker was the little boy in an Iron Man mask who stands up to a killer robot and is saved by Tony Stark. Do you remember that scene? I don't remember anything about Iron Man 2 except that. Well, Tom Holland loved that idea so much that he asked Kevin Feige, Feige 
uh, for permission to confirm that this is this idea as official and Feige agreed. Oh. So that is now canon. Oh, interesting. So when would Spider-Man or Iron Man 2 take place? Is that still 2008? No, 2010. Okay. Because it is so, before Avengers, right? I don't remember. So figure if Peter Parker is 15 years old and Spider-Man Homecoming does take place in 2017, he was um, eight? I can't eight. Okay, that lines up. That lines up. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that they like confirmed it. According to IMDb, they did. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because Tom Holland loves fan theories and loves things like that. Also can't keep a secret. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Did, did you see their, how they unveiled the title for the third movie? No. They, they were doing this thing on Twitter where each of the cast members like, showed a picture of a different Spider-Man title with all of them having different homes in it and then when they officially announced it um it was tom holland coming out of like the producer's office to meet up with zendaya and i can't remember his name and i'm so sorry but the guy that played ned jacob Batalon. yes and he was like well it's another fake title i don't know why they keep doing that and both of them looked at him and just went really <laughs> <laughs> because he spoiled Spider-Man 2. Uh, so something in he spoiled something in Far From Home while while giving an interview. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and and like Mark Ruffalo d- apparently did the same thing and I just don't remember what what it was, but Yeah, no, I do remember there being a thing where like they didn't give Mark Ruffalo the full script to Endgame because they were Neither- like same with Tom Holland. <laughs> They're like, you can't be trusted. They were with uh, with like with Tom Holland. It's really funny, but with Mark Ruffalo, for some reason, it's so much funnier. Because Mark Ruffalo is like, is an adult, and you're like, you should be. Able- He's got like teen kids. He's been yeah. acting for for decades. I guess it's different acting in this type of a movie rather than movies he was doing before right yeah i guess nobody was like looking for spoilers for spotlight because it's based on a true story (laughs) um i'm done (laughs) (laughs) shady you had shazam zachary levi also was in the mcu was in thor the dark world and thor ragnarok he played fandral the dashing uh, you don't remember him in Thor The Dark World because that's the movie that nobody remembers and you don't remember him in Thor Ragnarok because he, he gets dies. about 20 seconds of screen time before immediately being murdered by Kate Blanchett. He's also heavily makeup, if I remember. Nope. Oh, he's got like blonde hair and a goatee. Like he's... He, look, he looks different than he yeah. does in this movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than he um, usually does, yeah. Yeah. And that's... Uh, I, I, I do, I love the Warriors 3 um, and Lady Sif, and I do hope that they eventually, those are characters that they bring back to life in the MCU, because I don't like that they were dispatched of so quickly in Thor Ragnarok. 
Lady Sif didn't die in Thor Ragnarok. No, she doesn't show up at all, and they never mention her. And, like, I hate that because they're supposed to be, like, Thor's, like, best friends. She goes on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a bunch of times. (laughs) But does Thor ever ask about her? No. No. (laughs) Rude. That's your Um, sort of girlfriend. (laughs) There's a thing there. (laughs) There's a thing there. Right. Anyway, uh, so there is you know, always potential that Zachary Levi could be folded back into the MCU again. Uh, also, apparently he was one of the actors who screen tested for Peter Quill, Star-Lord. But he Oh was... my god. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just putting that out there. Anyway. <laughs> also an actual Disney prince. Good for him. Uh... Yes. <laughs> Anyway, he got super fucking ripped for this movie. He he was like, I'm going to be playing this like lead superhero character. I got to get super buff. I got to be like a kid's idea of the ideal uh, grown male body. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got on set and they were like, oh, that's so great that you worked out. We're putting you in a styrofoam suit with fake muscles. <laughs> So he got super jacked for no reason. That's so upsetting. Nobody gave him, nobody told him. That would have been great if he was in the MCU because they're just like, we'll right. just like give you some padding, but like, you're on your own, buddy. Like, we'll give you a little padding and like a bunch of HGH and please don't drink water. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not that the DC does, DCEU doesn't give their actors HGH either. Let's be real. No, never. But nobody does steroids in Hollywood. <laughs> anyway, um, and I find that fact delightful that Zachary Levi did a bunch of weightlifting, and then they were like, you looked fine before. You're a fit, like, Broadway actor. You just needed to put on the suit. <laughs> it's, it, it could have just been said in a simple email, don't change. <laughs> don't you cut know. your hair. Don't, don't grow a mustache. Don't do anything. Just show up on this day as is. Done. In the, in the sequel, if they do something where, like, his muscles shrink for whatever reason yeah. comic books that happens yeah yeah oh every superhero loses their powers at some point yeah so if his muscles shrink and they're like oh you guess you're super still super ripped yeah <laughs> it's just also funny because like one of the running jokes in the movie is that he doesn't know how to take the suit off like <laughs> well first of all he's playing a like a 14 15 year old they were never going to give him a shirtless scene because even as a grown actor that's fucked up that's <laughs> but, a like, weird yeah right it is weird like they weren't going to give him the marvel patented shirt shirtless scene oh, that's a difference because he um tom holland has one in this movie yeah and he's fit, who's supposed to be 15 years old <laughs> <laughs> It's for the Tumblr girlies. It's for the high school girls. Right. <laughs> and, and gays. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like, at least the actor is overage. Like That's true. Of legal age. I mean, I mean Dr. Levi is too, but like, it's, there's it's not a, a much weird. dissonance. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I see, I see, I see you, I see you. Anyway, costuming details. So, did you notice in this movie that all of the foster kids wear a winter coat They're- that incorporates their color as a superhero? Of course I did. Yeah. Um, I think this is adorable that at the premiere of the movie, all of those kids wore an outfit in those colors, in those respective colors. So, for example, Asher Angel wore a red jacket. Uh, Jack Dylan uh, Grazer wore a blue jacket. Grace Fulton wore a red dress. Faith Herman wore a purple dress. Um, That's so cute. Yeah. Uh, and then gray and yeah, green Ian for those Chen, other Yeah, Ian Chen wore gray. And uh, Jovan Armand wore green. And, like, That's I so thought cool. that was adorable that, like, they, like, coordinated like that. <laughs> It's so cute. Um, you can cut this out, but did you actually research into Captain Marvel slash Shazam? Like the comics? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Did you look into the, their... Like, did you come across, like, their storylines where mm-hmm. they become the superheroes as well? Yes. Uh, so going into this movie... Like I said earlier, I didn't know that much about Shazam slash Captain Marvel. Uh, one thing I did know is that he had a sidekick named Freddy who turned into Captain Marvel Jr., who wears blue. And he also, in the comics, in the original comics, it's his twin sister, Mary, who turns into Mary Marvel. So when Freddy and Mary showed up, I was like, okay, in Shazam 2, they're going to have superpowers. I didn't know about the other foster kids, but I did look it up, and they are in the new 52, uh, which is sort of a recent uh, reboot. A rebranding. Yeah, of uh, DC. Um, they show up in that version of Shazam and they become the Shazamly, um, much like they do in this movie. <laughs> but the big surprise is that it happens in this movie and not like... A sequel. Right. You know, they do that all the time in the MCU where they tease like, oh, Rhodey is going to have an Iron Man suit, but not an Iron Man one. It's no, and Iron Man 2 when Ruby cast him. <laughs> but, okay, so Mike, uh, I have a question about that. In the new 52 version, did they only exhibit one of Shazam's powers? They all have all of the powers, which I think they do in this movie too. If you look carefully, uh, they start to show other powers. It's just that each of them takes the most to the power that matches their personality best. Okay. But they do all, like, you can briefly see a bunch of them flying. You can see, like, all of them are doing things that would require super strength. Obviously, all of them have to have stamina, because you can't do any of those things in the first place without right. stamina. Because, um, like, you see Megan Good running around with super speed. Mm-hmm. And poor Mary, you don't really see her. They had an extended scene with her fighting a bunch of the Seven Deadly Sins, and it was supposed to show that she had stamina and wisdom, um, but they cut it for time. <gasps> Rude I know, and right? sexist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you can see hints of all of them have all of the powers. They just use one the most because that's the one that they are most attuned to. So that might be what they'll do in the sequel where they realize they have. We're, of course, we're spitballing here like we always do. <laughs> 
look at our Scream episode, guys, for if you want to talk about spitballing. Right. But there are other things that I found out, like uh, at one point in the comics, Billy had a sidekick who was a talking tiger. Stop. And that's why tigers show up all over the place in this movie. Like there's like a recurring. I wanted the tiger. You get yeah. this compass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gives the little girl the tiger when he like when she like <sighs> needs to be brave. But and he's got like I, like he's got like the tiger patch on his backpack. I think you see like tigers in other places. So um and there's also I, oh go ahead. Again, those little Easter eggs, they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um and the whole thing that they do at the Rock of Eternity where they ha- discover all of those doors and they're opening different ones, those are references to other Shazam uh, villains that have shown up in the comics. Um, uh, so obviously something's gonna, they, that's, the, that's the spoil, that's the teaser, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and uh, director David F. Sandberg played the Crocodile Men in the one door and he's <laughs> also the voice of mr mind the evil caterpillar i'm so excited that you brought him up again <laughs> <laughs> and, it's only been an hour but still i'm so twice in one hour i'm so happy <laughs> i love him i don't know anything about him but he's he's a caterpillar and he's evil and talks i don't care that's you you had me at talking caterpillar yeah um so there's a bunch of stuff like that there are little easter eggs all over the place obviously they do give a foreshadowing to the seventh champion because there are supposed to be seven champions not six and that's black adam who's a villain he's the evil champion who's going to be played by dwayne johnson it's taking forever for that movie to come out pre-covid pre-covid even (laughs) yeah all right, I guess I can stop there. There's a lot about this movie, and I could talk a lot more about Philadelphia and the role it plays in this movie. <laughs> and, and why I think it's very important that they chose, of all cities, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for this. Is that, is that not where he's set? In the original Fawcett comics, he lived in a fictional town in Wisconsin, um, and then since DC bought Fawcett and uh, rehabilitated the character. Uh, He's moved around to different cities and Philadelphia is one of the cities he's lived in. But I think it's really important for this story that that's where he lives because it's the city of brotherly love. Let's get to final thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) You're just blowing my mind this episode. I need... Also, (laughs) Philadelphia is where Benjamin Franklin pulled his famous kite and key trick to harness electricity, and one of Shazam's main powers is electricity. Shazam! Shazam! to final thoughts every episode we ask a variation of the same questions and we're gonna do the same thing this time too 
<laughs> Can we think of other movies like these? Um, I mean, obviously all the superhero movies, but like in the respect that it's a teen-centric one. Sure. Yeah, I haven't. There's not a lot of movies. There's TV shows for sure. Well, there we can say seven other Spider-Man movies. I'm gonna argue. Well, two with, of them. He is an adult. Spider-Man two and Spider-Man three. He's a, no longer a teenager. So I'm gonna say Spider. I'm, I will argue Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, and The Amazing Spider-Man two because he's a teenager in those. Yeah. Um, but what about Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, right. Into the Spider-Verse is a thing. Ye- yes. I will, you know what? I'm gonna, I would say Into the Spider-Verse more than the other Spider-Man iterations. I agree. I was going to say the same thing. Um, but, like, yeah, I, you see this a lot more in TV shows because um, there are I feel like the TV shows are appealing more to kids and the movies are appealing to everyone. Mm, yeah, that makes more. sense. Teen Titans and uh, Bat- even Batman Beyond, if you will, because we didn't mention this, but like at points in the TV shows, at least of the superhero kind, you have school on top of being a superhero. Yeah. And both of these movies kinda had that but not really yeah they both have like they both make a deal about like skipping school yeah but like spider-man had a little bit more because peter parker wanted to be a teenager for like a hot second or was told to be a teenager for a hot second Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like with the tv show versions of of superheroes um you have the school on top of your your with great power right. phrase. <laughs> uh, another one to shout out as far as animated series, there's X-Men Evolution, which was very much about yes. X-Men in high school. Um, which referenced the craft that we did last episode. Hey, was that last episode? Whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> We've done a lot. Yeah. Um, Two episodes ago, Bazinga, Shazam! <laughs> but movies, I'm gonna go out and... Uh, shout out Big Hero 6 again because that is very much a coming of age via mm. superpowers and in some ways I almost wish I'd suggested that with Shazam instead of Spider-Man because there's a lot of parallels between them um, but that one is also ultimately a team story not a yes. solo story which I guess Shazam kind of is too but not until the end <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I, I did the wrong episode, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I like, I, you know what, to answer like the rest of these questions, I fucking love, I love these movies. Um, I'll, I'll watch them over and over again. I mean, not really, because that'll get old, but you know what I mean. Um, and anyone and everyone should watch them. I would recommend them both to everyone. Uh, Shazam is legitimately one of my favorite movies ever. And Spider-Man is my fifth or sixth favorite Spider-Man movie. So I'm Homecoming probably, is. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, you can't touch into the Spider-Verse. That's... Right. Or Spider-Man 2, or Spider-Man, or, like, honestly, rewatching it lately, Spider-Man 3 kind of slaps. I need to revisit those. Spider-Man 3, if you pretend it's an MCU movie, is a top-tier MCU movie. People only think it's bad because it's not as good as Spider-Man 2. Which is, like, getting mad that something's not as good as The Godfather. Who was the villain in Spider-Man 2? Dr. Octopus. Alfred Molina, come on. Alfred Molina, how, I'm sorry that I forgot. Hell, even, I do like The Amazing Spider-Man just because of the gut punch that happens at the end. It's not a gut punch if you know the comics. Well, you, I knew it was coming, but how they did it and the fact that it's instantaneous. Oh, I hated the way they did it. I think it's so cheesy. I actually like that movie, except for that part. And then I'm like, <laughs> also, Gwen Stacy kind of sucks as a character. So, like, I didn't care that she died. <laughs> no offense to the Gwen Stacy fans out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I still like because I like all of the Spider-Man movies, but they're my two least favorite. And then I would put Spider-Verse and all three of the Raimi movies and Far From Home above Homecoming. So would I rewatch Ooh. Homecoming again? I wouldn't turn it off. I would probably choose five other movies before I'd rewatch it. You know what okay. I mean? But I wouldn't turn it off. It is very, quite in, entertaining. I'm going to agree with you for with Far From Home. It, it, it slaps harder than this one. I mean, there's still, like, stuff I don't like about Far From Home, but it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Who's, like, the way that they wrote his character makes it. Because, like, I, I, know, I know I talked about grounding and realism and all that, but, like, that one, that was an interesting twist. They for me. For okay. me. Okay. But, like, there's also a lot of comedy in Far From Home that really, really works for me. I love uh, the, the whole subplot with Ned and Betty. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to the stuff we're not going to cut out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> would I rewatch Spider-Man Homecoming? I would not put it on because there are five other Spider-Man movies I'd watch first, but I wouldn't turn it off. That's fair. Yeah. And you would recommend it? Yeah, I'd recommend it. It's fun. Yeah. It's entertaining. Shazam if... is life-changing. Shazam is the greatest movie ever. Ooh, that's saying a lot. Do you want to rephrase that? But Shazam is the greatest live-action superhero movie since Spider-Man 2. Shazam. Last question. Are these movies the same? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, because when, when you boiled it down at the beginning, I was just like, oh, yeah, they are the same. The characters down... are different. But, like, structurally, they are the same. Yeah. And a little bit in the, in the wants of the characters, they're the same. They're hitting a lot of the same buttons. Yeah, it's... It's enough, a, a high enough percentage that I would say that they're the same. Yeah. I, if you like one of them, you're going to like the other. And if you only like one of them and you don't like the other one, you're too into the Marvel versus DC thing. I was about to say that. 
Oh, we're kindred. Aww. Okay. So. <laughs> Awkwardly end. stare at Shady. <laughs> John, we did it. We reached the end of this episode. I thought it would never happen. I thought I would. I didn't expect this episode to be this long, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a lot longer. Oh, well. We could continue this conversation afterwards if you want. But if you want to reach me and, I don't know, argue about something I said, I said a lot. This I didn't say as much as I usually do. You did. <laughs> you were the con- controversial one this episode. Yeah, I had hot takes. Uh, but if you want to reach me on the Twitterverse, you can, uh, I sometimes post there. I'm at Movies John. If you want to find me, I'm at Cookie O'Shady. Can I suggest what type of cookie you are this, this week? Do it. I think you're a, a sugar cookie in the shape of a lightning bolt with royal icing on top to go for Shazam's costume. That's fun. I like that. I don't yeah, know why I, it has to be a sugar cookie, but I was thinking that usually you royal icing sugar cookies, right? Yeah. 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 You're a sugar cookie in the shape of a lightning bolt. Can you be a cookie, a sugar cookie in the shape of a spider? Yeah. Okay. You're a cookie this week too. Or am I in the shape of his mask? Or are you in the shape of homecoming? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I could be in the shape of anything because I'm a goddamn sugar cookie as well. Yeah. Um, and if you want to be a sugar cookie with us, I'm sorry, guys, we lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can reach us on our podcast uh, social medias. Uh, you can email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. That is M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. Oh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod. And we're on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. No pod. Because, Shady, why is that? Because it's going to show up in the sequel. We're just teasing it now. We're just teasing it now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to plug this at the end, too. Okay. I've started... A second podcast, everyone. Uh, we were a few episodes in already. I think Shady's episode came out already. She, but Shady will be popping in and out in a few episodes of this. It's called Life's But a Song. It's where I have a revolving door of guests and we talk about musicals. Um, also movies and TV and um, TV shows and whatnot. So please... Come join me in the land of musicals. Life's but a song. <laughs> I'm, I'm dancing because I'm, I'm very happy for John. Because <laughs> Shady doesn't have to do the work on it. <laughs> no, she had, she had, we had fun. Um, yeah, that was so much fun. And I'm going to have her come back. We need, we need to talk about when you're coming back, by the way, for that. Okay. I like to record it. And then if you want to be part of next episode... Um, we are doing another sequel remake, and this one might be the one where we lose a lot of listeners or gain <laughs> a lot. Who knows? 
Um, it's the sequel remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where there was a, there is technically a sequel to it. It's called Shock Treatment. So look them up, watch them. Exciting. There's going to be a. I have a feeling there's going to be like a surge of them because of us, because we're that popular, like mm-hmm. a surge of shock treatment, and and you know the the streaming services are not going to know what to do with it. Yeah. It'll be like, why are people watching this? Yeah, no, like we're like real trendsetters. Um, we really sort Tops. of like. <laughs> sorry, it's a big responsibility, but somebody's got to do it. With great responsibility comes great, <laughs> great power. power. <laughs> with, with great power comes great responsibility. I said it right. I said what I said. Flip it, reverse it. Yeah. All right, Shady. I gotta go save the day. Um, a bus fell on ac- on accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go because uh, I just tore this ferry apart, and I gotta do something about it before people die. Oh no! <laughs> Bye guys! Bye. <laughs>